Thank you for joining us today. If you would, please take your Bibles with me and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Excited that you're here and chose, chosen to uh, join us today online. And so we're excited that uh, you're here. Hopefully you'll uh, learn something today and you'll be encouraged from the Word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And as you're turning there, I want to uh, just uh, give you something to think about. Uh, the Bible is a uniquely revealing book. It is something that shows us things about ourselves that we probably never knew before. In fact, the book of James refers to it as a mirror. And uh, it, it shows us those things. As I was getting ready this morning, I was thinking about this and uh, I looked in the mirror and when I wake up, it's not a pretty sight. And so there are certain things about my appearance that I needed to, uh, to take care of. And so the mirror part of this, it was revealing to me. And so the Bible is much the same way. It shows us things that we need to change. It doesn't just show us random things. It shows us things that we need to change on a constant basis. And so it's important uh, to, for us to change those things. Uh, it's also important for us to change those things because if, if we leave them, if we walk away from that mirror without having made any changes, uh, then that will hinder our relationship with God. And so it's so important. So let's take a look into the Bible this morning. And uh, you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to look at verse 8 and 9, just two verses this morning. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9. The Bible says this, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul continues and says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for this day and for all that you've done for us. Thank you for allowing us to uh, meet this morning, though it may not be physically. Thank you for the, the resources that we have to be able to meet here uh, on a regular basis, uh, even through virtual means. Father, just thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins, and thank you so much for the grace that you've bestowed upon us. And Father, would you help us to understand it, help us to um, come closer to you because of it, and help us to keep our focus and eyes on you. We love you so much, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to preach to you a message this morning that I've entitled, Grace for Our Needs. Grace for Our Needs. Paul, writing the book of 2 Corinthians here today, is in a predicament. He calls it his thorn in the flesh, and you can see it there in verse 7. Uh, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. So the interesting thing about this thorn in the flesh, though, is Paul knows exactly the reason why it was given to him. And that's a good thing. When you know why something is happening, it's so much easier to go through something. But Paul has a few other problems that I think we can relate to today. As we look across our world right now, uh, we can definitely relate to what Paul is going through. Now, I will not stand here this morning and tell you I know why this virus has come to our world. I will not stand here and tell you that I know that answer because I don't. Personally, I believe only God knows the answer. Um, there could be a myriad of reasons, but he's the only one who knows the reason for it right now. But for whatever the reason, whatever the problem is that we're going through, and listen, it's not just going to be the coronavirus. 
it's going to be a lot of things in our lifetime that we are going to go through. And so there are going to be things that happen. It's going to be now or in the future. But Paul gives us some explanation of what might happen. And so I want to help you this morning with two common obstacles that we face when we go through difficult times. So I want to give you two common obstacles that we face when we go through difficult times. Number one is simply this, unanswered questions. Unanswered questions. Look at verse eight again. The Bible says this, for this thing I besought the Lord thrice. Paul sought after the Lord three times. He begged to God. He pleaded with God. He asked God to remove this thorn in the flesh. Again, he didn't do it once. He didn't even do it twice. He did it three times. He was begging and pleading God for that. It was as if Paul was not having his questions answered. He keeps asking God, but there is no answer whatsoever. Now, I don't know about you, but this is for me. There is nothing more frustrating than having questions and receiving no answers. I remember growing up in school and going to different things, and I am a person that I I like to ask questions. I like to figure out things, and I like to know why things work. And so I remember asking my math teacher questions, especially I remember geometry and proofs and going through some of those things and trying to figure them out and asking, I just don't understand this portion. It would drive me nuts if he didn't have an answer for me. I needed to know, I needed to, uh, to understand. But you know what's even more frustrating to me than not having a question answered? Yeah, you guessed it, complete silence. I can't stand it when I don't get an answer at all. Like none, just silence. No, I'm not sure. Or uh, just, uh, just it, almost as if God is ignoring you. I can't stand it when people ignore me. I want people to pay attention. I want people to look at me and I want people to uh, do those things. And I think we're all the same way. But there's nothing more frustrating than just complete silence. So let me ask you, have you ever asked God a question and not gotten an answer? Have you ever asked God how long you're going to go through this trial? And there's, again, no answer. Perhaps some of you have even asked God, you know, why is this virus taking over the world? How long are we going to do this? Why did you allow this, God? And again, you probably have not received an answer. Again, just like Paul, this is a frustrating predicament. Sometimes it leaves you feeling alone. Sometimes it leaves you feeling like God is not listening. Sometimes it leaves you feeling like God is not even there. Perhaps it even leaves you scratching your head, wondering, all right, God, well, what am I supposed to do now? There's all these questions that you have, and it's frustrating to not have the answers. Every single one of us wants our questions answered. Every single one of us wants to know why, what, how, when. We all want to know those things in not just this predicament in our life, but in every predicament, in every problem. But can I ask you this question? When was the last time you answered God's questions? When was the last time you answered God's questions? You say, wait a minute. 
God is asking me questions? Yes, absolutely, God is asking you questions. Listen, we all expect God to answer our questions. We want them answered when we want them answered. But sometimes we forget God is asking us questions. Let me give you a few examples of questions God asks us. And you can find these all throughout the Bible, maybe not in this particular way. But if you do any amount of Bible study, you will find something similar to this. God asks us this, how long are you going to stay away from me? How long are you going to stay away from me? How about this one? He asks us this, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you hearing me? Can you even hear me? And sometimes we forget that we have to answer questions for God. You see, it's so easy to get caught up in what we want to do. It's so easy to get caught up in in doing our thing, and we want God to pay attention to us, and we want uh, him to answer our questions. But do you realize that God is trying to get us to turn to him? God is seeking for you to turn to him. If you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. God seeks to know you and to be known by you. God seeks to know you and to be known by you. So we get in this frustrating predicament. We get in this problem and we want God to answer our problems and answer our questions. But so often God is standing there saying, will you answer mine? How long are you going to not listen to me? How long are you going to not take my advice? My kids get frustrated and it's kind of interesting to watch. And I am a very, I, I like to give advice probably not well received at times, but I like to give advice. And so I give my kids advice and I'll tell them, hey, this is how you need to attack this problem. And they'll go off and they'll do it their own way. They'll go off and do it in a way that is, is pleasing to them. And then they'll come back and say, it didn't work. And the fun thing is this, I get to say, well, how long are you going to not listen to me? Didn't I tell you how to do it? Didn't I tell you how to take care of that problem? Now my kids are uh, eight and six so it's not two major problems. But there are times in our lives where we look to God and we say, I need help, I need help. And God gives us an answer and we say, oh no, we don't like that answer. And so we have these, what we would call unanswered questions. So can I challenge you with this? So instead of getting frustrated with our unanswered questions, let's flip the paradigm, if you will. Instead of us asking God to do something for us, Maybe we should ask God if we can do anything for him. Instead of saying, God, give me, maybe we should be saying, God, what can I do? What am I not hearing? How am I not uh, approaching this the right way? So does that answer our question? Does that give us an answer where we wanted an answer? No, the fact is it probably doesn't. doesn't necessarily give us an answer, but you know what it does? This is what it does. It gives us a different perspective on our problems. It gives us a different uh, way of focusing on not us, but him. We want to focus on him and not ourselves. You see, when we say, God, I have unanswered questions and you, you, you're getting upset and frustrated at God, it's all this way and it's focused completely on him. But I hope you'll see from this rest of this passage that God is trying to get you to know him and to be known he wants that for you. 
there will always be unanswered questions. There will always be unanswered questions. But those unanswered questions don't have to frustrate us. That's just an obstacle placed in front of us. So it doesn't have to frustrate us. They can motivate us to draw closer to God. All right, God, I'm, I'm a little frustrated with where we're at. I'm a little frustrated with why you're not answering my questions. I'm a little frustrated with why I'm even going through this problem. But instead of being angry and having all these unanswered questions and just dwelling on them, maybe we should say, God, all right, what is it that you're trying to get my attention with? What is it that you're trying to accomplish in my life? Let's use unanswered questions to motivate us toward God. That's the first obstacle. And getting over that is incredibly important. But I want to show you the second obstacle. The second obstacle is this, unfulfilled expectations. They're similar, but they're different. Unfulfilled expectations. Look again at verse 8. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice. The Bible says after that, that it might depart from me. Paul had an unfulfilled expectation. On top of him asking God three times, Paul was expecting God to change something for him. He was expecting God to remove that thorn in the flesh. He didn't want it any longer. He didn't want to put up with it. He didn't want to have to deal with it. He didn't want to be inhibited by this physical ailment. He wanted to move forward. He didn't want this thing to hold him back. And listen, all of us can understand that. We've all had problems to which we've asked God to take. We've all had expectations from God, if you will. We have all asked God for things with an expectation of receiving it. I remember when I was a kid, I asked God for a dirt bike. I never got it. Still to this day, I do have never owned a dirt bike. I've ridden several, but I have never owned one. So is that something that I need to get angry at? Is that something I need to get frustrated at? There's, there's times in our lives where we have an expectation of receiving just to find out we will not be getting what we asked for. That's where Paul is. Paul is in this unfortunate predicament where he says, God, please, please take this away from me. And he prays and he's expecting God to take it. Nothing happens. He prays and he prays and he prays and he prays again, expecting God to take it from it. Nothing happens. And the third time he prays and begs God and pleads with God, nothing happens. You see, that's slightly disappointing, isn't it? Maybe even a little frustrating in Paul's case and probably in our case too. I think sometimes it's a little hurtful. Like, God, you don't care about me? God, God you don't understand what I'm going through? You know, there are times that I'm guessing that maybe even some unfulfilled expectations can make people angry. Just frustrated, anger. God, I expected this of you and you didn't answer my expectation. You didn't fulfill what it is that I expected you to do. I want you to understand this. Unfulfilled expectations is a hard obstacle to overcome. It is very difficult. It's hard to get over. But nonetheless... It is important that we do. You see, God told Paul here that instead of, of getting rid of the problem, Paul, you're stuck with it. You're stuck with it. Look at verse nine. 
the uh, second part of the verse, really. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Watch this. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. God's telling Paul, I want you to be weak. I want you to have this problem. I am giving you this problem for a reason. Whoa, that stinks. That's frustrating. That's, that's not exactly the answer that I was looking for. But again, I'm not gonna pretend that I have all the answers as to why God brings things into our lives. But this I do know. And please, if you hear nothing else from this message today, would you hear this? God has an expectation for us. God has an expectation for us. He is expecting us to have less of us and more of him. God created us to have a relationship with him. And when there is all of us in, our, in the way, and our will is, is more important than God's will, and all of these different things are, are in the way of what God is trying to do in our lives, God has an unfulfilled expectation. God's expectation is that you will draw nigh to him and he will draw nigh to you. God's expectation is that you will have an abiding relationship with him. God wants that. God seeks for that. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, Jesus' cousin, said it this way. He must increase and I must decrease. Jesus must increase but I must decrease. I, I must get less of myself so that I can have more of God. You see, God wants to do something so badly in your life, but he can't as long as your will is in the way. As long as you're doing your own thing, as long as you're living your life the way that you want to, God can't do what he wants to do in your life. So instead of us getting frustrated by our unfulfilled expectations, let's again flip this over. Let's do this. Let's empty ourselves and let's have all of God that we can. Let's give God our lives. Let's, let's say to God, here's my life. Take it, use it. You see, these two obstacles are very real. They're very real in Paul's life. And I think if we allow the word of God to speak to our lives and open up into our lives, I think if we're honest, we will say that every one of us has met these two obstacles on the road. We've struggled through them. We've maybe couldn't, haven't found a way to get around them yet. And, and it's frustrating. But, but instead of, of allowing these hurdles to trip you and fall you, by the way, Many people have tripped over these hurdles. Many people have fallen over them. But can I encourage you that if you will overcome these obstacles, you will be astounded with the results. You will be astounded with the results. What do I mean? What do I mean? I want to give you just a third point. We've seen unanswered questions. We've seen unfulfilled expectations. But number three, I want to give you this. Unlimited grace. Unlimited grace grace. Look at verse 9. The Bible says this, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient. You know, God told Paul, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. 
the word grace is often defined as getting something that you don't deserve. So you're going to get something that you don't deserve. I remember as a kid, I, again, I'm not the best kid. I was not the best kid. And uh, my parents, if you ask them, they will tell you that. I was not the best child, but interestingly enough, one Wednesday night at church, I pulled a chair out from underneath my sister. She was sitting in front of me and I thought it would be hilarious if she fell. So I pulled the chair out and down she went. And I remember getting in trouble and my teacher, my teacher made me go upstairs, walk down the middle aisle of the church service and sit on the front row. I remember walking down the middle aisle. I could feel eyes on me. And I sat just to the left-hand side of the auditorium on the front row. And all I could think of is, I am in so much trouble. I am in so much trouble. And I remember going to my dad. And my dad always had this thing that after church, we would uh, go and get a snack at the store. I remember saying to my dad, I don't deserve a snack. I don't deserve a snack tonight, which... You know, all I was trying to do is butter him up a little bit to get him to not uh, get me in more trouble. And so I remember saying that. Now, to this day, I don't remember if my dad bought me something that night. He probably didn't. But let's put it this way. If my dad was gracious to me in that time, you know what he would have done? He would have bought me a snack. He would have given me something that I did not deserve. That's what grace is. In fact, Strong's Dictionary defines it as this, favor. Favor. So if you will, unlimited favor is available to us. Paul, in exchange for his thorn in the flesh, would have the unlimited favor of God. Now, in the same vein, we will live our lives, if we will live our lives, to please God. If we will live our lives focused on him and not ourselves, understand this. He will give us his unlimited favor. And we can receive that. Let me say that again. If we will live our lives to please God, and if we will live our lives focused on him and not ourselves, doesn't matter if we have unanswered questions, doesn't matter if we have unfulfilled expectations, if we will do those things, we will receive the unlimited favor of God. I want you to look at verse nine. Again, the Bible says this, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul's saying, listen, I don't want more of myself. It's okay if I have this thorn in the flesh. Why? That the power of Christ can rest on me. God is willing and able to allow his favor, allow his power to rest upon you. So you might ask, all right, what is this power? What is this amazing grace? If you will, we sing that song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. And it is a sweet sound, but what does it mean? What is this favor? Well, I'm gonna give you a bunch of verses here. Psalm chapter 17 and verse eight, the Bible says this. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. David is speaking, saying, God, I want to be the apple of your eye. I want to be the center of your eye. I want to be the, 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 the focus of you. When you have God's favor, you're the apple of his eye. And he uh, is asking for God to hide him under the shadow of his wings. 
that's protection. I want to give you another verse, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. The Bible says this, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse and that there may be meat in uh, mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and listen to this, and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God's saying, if you will obey me, if you will uh, do what I ask you to do, I will pour out a blessing. I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing on you so much so that there won't be room enough to handle it. Some of you may be thinking, whoa, I've never heard that before. I've never understood that before. But God wants to do that in your life. Second Corinthians chapter eight in verse nine, the Bible says this, for ye know the grace, there is the word, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. Why? That he, that ye, excuse me, that ye through his poverty might be rich. You see, Jesus Christ lived in heaven, was, it is God's son, and, and, and he had everything to him. He had all power. He had everything. He, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible tells us. He owns everything. Everything was created for his glory. It's all his. He had that, and he became poor. He came to this earth, became just like you and I. Why? Because out of his poverty, he died for us so that we could have riches. We are going to sit in heavenly places. We have the opportunity to do all these things. This is the grace of God. This is the favor of God. The apple of the eye. Uh, the, the blessings coming from heaven and unlimited riches. This is the favor of God. This is what you can receive. This grace, this favor, if you will, in Paul's case, was sufficient. And can I encourage you today, the grace of God is sufficient for us. It is sufficient for our sakes. It's all we ever need. It is the grace of God that gives us the things that we don't deserve. And get, can I give you this? This is the favor that we can have. This is the favor that we can, can receive. So you're maybe asking yourself the question, does this mean that I'll never have any more problems? Not at all. That is not at all what I'm saying. I am not at all saying that if you live for God, all your problems will go away. That is not at all the case. You know what it means? Again, it just means that we have a new perspective. Again, instead of looking at ourselves and saying, look at what I want and, and please take this thorn and take this problem and, and take this predicament away from me, it's looking at God. It's saying, God, I am seeking you first. I am pleasing you first. And with this new perspective, God gives us his favor. That if, pay attention to this. With, the, with this new perspective, God gives us his favor that will support us and sustain us in our time of need. Let me give you another verse. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, there is no way 
that I will stand here and tell you that if you live for God, all your problems will be met. There is no way that I'm going to stand here and tell you if you live for God, you will have abundant riches. You will be so wealthy that you won't know what to do with yourself. I'm not going to tell you that because that's not true. But what I can tell you is this, that if you will live for God, no matter what problem you go through, if you will just seek him first, he will give you the favor, the grace that you need to get through those times. But this is not the only thing we need grace for. This is not the only thing that we need grace for. You see, we need grace to carry us into a new relationship with God. We need grace to carry us into a new relationship with God. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, the Bible says this, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I want you to think about this. The only thing that God's grace is dependent upon is our faith. The only thing that God's grace is dependent upon is our faith. You see, we must trust him in times of unanswered questions. God, I don't know what to do. You've not given me an answer. I don't know which way to go. I don't know where to, where to go. Listen, my grace is sufficient for, me, for you. Just trust me. Have faith, and I will give you the grace that you need. Look to me, and I will give you that grace. When our expectations aren't met, God, I expected you to heal this person or I expected you to keep me safe or I expected this or that or the other thing, whatever it may be, unfulfilled expectations. We have to trust that God has a reason for our thorn. God has a reason for our predicament. God has a reason for our problem. We have to trust his way of doing things. You might be sitting there today with perhaps your own thoughts of how you'll make it to heaven. Perhaps you're sitting there saying, oh, I'm gonna make it to heaven by the works that I do or making sure my good works outweigh my bad. You might believe that you can work hard. But the Bible says this in John chapter 14 and verse six, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by there's no other way. So listen, God's grace is only dependent upon our faith. And so Jesus says, listen, you cannot, you cannot make it to heaven any other way. The only way to make it to heaven, the only way to have a relationship with me, the only way to know God and to be with God for eternity is through Jesus Christ, through my grace. What's the grace that God gave you in that time? God's grace sent Jesus Christ to this earth to live 33 and a half years and then to die on a cross for your sin and for my sin. God did that. That was his grace so that we could, the Bible says, sit together with him in heavenly places. That's what God did. You, you, you can have that grace, but you must, you must, you must put your faith in Jesus Christ. 
You must believe that it was him and him alone that can save you from your sins. Again, for by grace are you saved through faith. So listen, if you don't know that today, I want to encourage you to understand that and know that. But on the same token, you might be sitting there this morning frustrated with these unanswered questions, maybe even angry with unfulfilled expectations. Can I tell you, I have been there. I've been there. I've been angry at God before. I've been frustrated with him. And I think it's pretty easy to see that Paul's been there before. Paul's been a little upset. But if we could just gain a new perspective, if we could just see those unfulfilled expectations and unanswered questions as opportunities to just again please God, then we could again experience the unlimited favor of God through those difficult times. I just want to read verses 8 to 10. And I hope you'll gain a perspective here. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he, being God, said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul says this, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses. Why? For Christ's sake. Why? For when I am weak, then am I strong. Because when you empty yourself and follow God and please him, you gain the favor, the power, and the strength of God. We can experience this in our lives. That does not mean, I just want to reiterate that, this does not mean all your problems are going to go away but it does mean that during those problems, you'll experience the strength and power of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for even the opportunity that we have to experience this. Father, I pray that each and every one of us, though we have unfulfilled expectations, though we have unanswered questions, that we would overcome those obstacles and that we would experience your unlimited grace, your unlimited favor. Father, I pray that today you would help all of us to understand that. You would help all of us to overcome those obstacles and trust in you, have faith in you, and that we would see your grace come shining through. Father, we love you so much. We're so thankful for the opportunity, and we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Again, we did this last week, but we want to take an opportunity in our service today just to talk to the Lord. So again, if you're feeling uh, like you have unanswered questions and you're feeling like you have unfulfilled expectations, I don't want you to feel bad about that. All of us do. I want you to tell God about it. I want you to tell God that you are frustrated or whatever it is, just tell him. And then hopefully after you tell, have told him that, hopefully you'll be able to say something like this. God, I want your grace to be sufficient for me today. I'm frustrated. I have unanswered questions, but would you allow your grace to be sufficient for me today? Please grant me your favor today. You might still want to know more about the gift of God that is eternal life, what we call salvation. Again, we're asking you, just reach out to God right now and tell him you want to know him. 
you want to know his grace. I'm going to ask the piano to begin to play. Let's take some time right now and talk to the Lord. If you've spent some time talking to the Lord, I hope you'll do something with that today. If you have any questions at all, any, would you please just reach out to us? You can email us. You can message us, Facebook and Instagram. You can call us. Please, we want to answer your questions. We want to be here for you. We want to help you. And we would love to help you know more about the unlimited favor of God. But at this time, our trio is going to come sing again that song marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Thanks for being here today. Boom, baby. Any problems?